Welcome to The Everyday Creative, a podcast that encourages creation over consumption. I'm Emily, a certified health education specialist. And I'm Evie, a licensed art therapist. And together, we talk about ways everyday people can incorporate creativity into their lives in order to consume less and create more. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to The Everyday Creative. My name is Evie. And I'm Emily. And today we're talking about being creative with limited resources. So let's start with definitions. What is a resource? What do you think, Em? So a resource is kind of like the base unit of whatever you need to achieve your goal, to live life, to function as a human. That's kind of what I think a resource is. What do you think? So these are things that we need to accomplish goals, things that we use in order to meet some end. And in this case, that end is practicing creativity in our daily life. And naturally, whenever we set a goal to do something, especially when it's a habit we're trying to build initially, it's difficult to do that. So these are excuses that we make that can get in the way of that. So things that come up most frequently is there just isn't enough time. Yeah, I think that is very common. Mm-hmm. And I think money, money's a big one too. Time and money, mm-hmm. those are the two biggest limited resources for people. So how do you feel like time is important with regard to creativity? I think to be more creative, you have to make space for it in your life. And when, you know, people have work or family obligations or just sleeping or just the basic activities of daily living, I think it's hard to make space for one more thing. Like if, if you're like, Oh man, now they're telling me to be creative. This is just one more thing for my to-do list. Like how Mm -hmm. am I going to make time for it? All, all of my moments are spoken for. Right. I see that a lot. So yes, I agree that time is a big limiting factor for a lot of people. And it's really easy to make that excuse for not doing something, but On the flip side of that, we all have the same amount of time, so it's about making time for what is important. And this is where values come in and setting aside what is important and even scheduling that time in in order to make sure that it gets done. Right, because I think time is different than money in the sense that no matter what you do, you can't create that 25th hour you know, there's still going to be 24. Whereas money, you you can make more of it. It might be limited in the moment, but I think that's the Mm -hmm. biggest difference between those two. Yeah. And then when it comes to money and being creative, sometimes we think that we need this gadget or this tool or this Mm -hmm. material in order to see an idea come to fruition. So with regard to money, I think you can problem solve and get creative with the money that you have 
maybe you don't have to have this specific thing, but you can find some alternative that will work or use materials that you have around the house in order to reach that goal or be creative. And sometimes those limitations are really what breed and spur creativity. Yeah, I think it's important to just change your mindset around it and and your messaging. So instead of saying, oh, I can't do this because I don't have X, Y, or Z, just be like, oh, this is, this actually gives me the opportunity to problem solve and be creative because I don't have X, Y, or Z. Right. Then another thing that I think comes up a lot is energy as a limited resource. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that energy is finite, meaning you only have so much, but you can actually, um, you can increase energy by doing things like being creative. So whenever you start being creative, it can increase your level of energy and momentum around being creative. So I think part of it is just getting started. And sometimes we don't do something because you just don't feel like it or you don't have the energy or it's just easier not to. Mm -hmm. So I think with things like this, you just have to start really small and think of just one simple thing that you can do to be more creative. Maybe you're scheduling in just five or 10 minutes for meditation or movement or dance, like we've talked about before, like it doesn't take a lot of time and energy if you're starting small. Yeah. Like really, I think people can just take a couple of seconds out just to take some deep breaths, you know, just three deep breaths. And I think because a lot of people don't breathe properly, like they do that chest breathing and shallow breathing when what they really need to be doing is take those deep belly breaths. And I think that can actually work to clear your mind. And I think you can actually use technology to help you with this kind of stuff, like timers on your phone, just to remind Mm you, oh, let me take a couple of minutes out to breathe. Oh, let me, you know, a timer in the middle of the day to remind you of some creative endeavor that you wanted to do. Or something Mm -hmm. like that. Right. And like we've talked about, creativity takes time and it takes space. So if you can just take a few moments to clear your mind, you're freeing up space in your mind to get creative. Mm -hmm. And it can also be really helpful to just practice generating ideas. So even if it's not the act of creating something specific, if you meditate for two minutes, five minutes, a short amount of time with the intention of clearing your mind to get creative. And then after that short meditation, putting pen to paper and writing ideas around some specific area that you're struggling with that can start to develop that skill of being creative. And that just builds off of itself. Like we've talked about before, creating something, it increases your sense of self-efficacy and Mm -hmm. your ability to do something and just increasing that confidence and that feeling of, okay, I'm accomplishing something that can build a momentum to increase that thing. Right. Going back to your brainstorm idea, because I think it's easy to be like, oh, I thought of three things I'm done. But I think one of the 
things with creativity is kind of working to expand your mind. So Mm -hmm. when you're brainstorming, coming up with, okay, I'm going to come up with 10 ideas. There's a writer, his name is James Altucher, and he writes a list of 10 every day. And it's an answer to a question maybe he's been asking or like it's a different type of list of 10 every day. Um, but I think getting into that habit of, okay, I'm going to come up with X number of ideas. So that way you're, cause I think we have a tendency to self edit and not write down the ones that are absolutely insane or the ones that we think that are bad. But I think that's where kind of that create creative edge comes when you're mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, I've gone through the regular five things that I would think of to answer this question or to come up with activities, but it's going to be ideas five through 10 or 10 through 20 that are truly creative. Yeah. I think our tendency to self edit it reduces creativity because those ideas and those thoughts, they can almost create like a a mental blockage from, Mm -hmm other things that might come up if you just allow those things to come out and release themselves Mm -hmm. from your mind. And I think that's a really good practice. I think too often we critique ourselves and don't want to write down ideas that are grandiose or unrealistic or quote unquote stupid. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a good idea. And I encourage my clients to do that as Mm -hmm. an art therapist working in prison I get that a lot. There's a lot of diminished ability and diminished self-efficacy. And because the environment is so deprived and it doesn't encourage creativity or autonomous thought, it takes a lot of encouragement and a lot of time and space for someone to sit down and get creative. So sometimes in our sessions, I just have them brainstorm. I give them a topic, something to think about, and Mm -hmm. just write about ideas from a specific topic. And it's, it's very clear that creativity is greatly diminished, just generally speaking, not just in prison, but I think as a whole, I think people would find it they'd be surprised at how few ideas you can come up with if this is not something that you do regularly. Yeah, definitely. I know I've struggled with that, but I know that puts things into perspective thinking about your clients. Cause I mean, talk about limited resources. Like they don't even have freedom. So. Right. Right. And we have to work within those limitations, limited in supplies, limited in space, limited in time. Sometimes we don't mm-hmm. control how, long we have in session sometimes and things cut short. So I strongly encourage just time and space to sit with yourself because on top of that, it's a stressful environment and stress can really have a way of clouding the mind. And so it's very apparent in those sessions that sometimes we just need to release stress by externalizing whatever is going on in your mind and just put that stuff on paper some way, somehow. It doesn't have to be a drawing, but even writing about these things or scribbling can really help to create some space in the mind. What would you say to, to someone that, that says I can't find time to just sit with myself? Like what is some advice that you would give? That's kind of a loaded question because I think it requires exploring what they're doing with their time and what they find important because yeah. Anyone who says I can't do something 
if you really get down to it, it's not, I can't, it's, Mm -hmm. I won't because X, Y, and Z. And I think people have to be open to that idea to begin with. Cause I think right. anybody that's saying I can't, they're automatically like just kind of Close putting minded. up that wall anyway. Yeah. 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 I agree. And I think that really uncovers, you know, what is it that they're holding on to? Like some of it is just closed, closed mindedness because when it comes to art therapy, I work with adult males in prison and I'm asking them to draw and paint and color. So from the outside, this could look very childish. And I get a lot of comments that art therapy is like paint by numbers and, you know, joking comments from people who don't fully understand it. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it for clients that I work with, it really requires them to let go of this idea of I have to act and be a certain way. So I think being willing to let go of some of these identifying factors of I have to be a man or I can't take time to do this or that, um, I think that's part of it. And you also have to be willing to take the time or consider things that you might change in order to create the time for it. Mm -hmm. I think I know a lot of productivity gurus and stuff talk about documenting your time which that to me that just sounds like that sounds exhausting because there are people that talk about documenting it at 15 minute increments and it's like well how does this documenting not take up five hours of your day if you're having to document every 15 minutes so I think that's a little bit much but I do think people are not aware of these of like these hidden pockets of time. So when you're talking about, oh, just spend five minutes with yourself, I think people are missing those opportunities because it could be something Mm -hmm. really easy to find. It could be literally five minutes in the morning right after you wake up. Or Mm -hmm. if you have to go pick up your kid from school and you're sitting in the car lane or whatever the pickup line because I know those get pretty long well you know there are some people that have more than one kid kid and they're all in the car with them but if you just have the one kid that you're waiting to pick up you know that's gonna be several minutes to yourself right there that you could find yeah and I and everyone has examples like that of Mm -hmm. idle time where they could stick in something creative. And Mm -hmm. I think part of that is in advance, not only thinking about where those time slots might be, but what you can do in those moments, because there may be certain things that you can do in a carpool lane or not carpool, but like the car lane. Yeah. What is it called? Would you say it was? I don't know. The kid. (laughs) The kitty line, the kitty pickup line, something like that. You people with kids know what we're talking about. Yeah, (laughs) have not experienced that um, personally, but I know I have an idea of what it is. (laughs) But there may be some things that you can do there that that you couldn't do somewhere else and vice versa. So I think this takes a little bit of intention Mm -hmm. before something like that just changes. And you just automatically do. So I think it takes some self-awareness and some intention going into this. 
Yeah, good point. So what do you say we talk about some concrete strategies for working within limitations? We've talked about a few of these. Yeah, we've talked about some of it. Most of it kind of had to do with time, but we can talk about concrete things to do on a limited budget. So we talked about already brainstorming and sometimes it just helps to put pen to paper. Yeah. About just have that what your intention is. Working list. Mm-hmm. Maybe designating a notebook. So I think one thing, this is one thing that I've learned from moving around frequently is to become a tourist in your own town. Mm-hmm. I think just about every every place has free things that you can do and taking advantage of those. Cause once, once you live in a place for a while, you become blind to that stuff. I think. I agree. I've experienced that too, because I've moved around a lot and there'll be times that I'm talking to a native of that area and they haven't done the things that I've done because I come into a place looking for new and interesting things to explore. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely agree. I think whenever you stay put, sometimes you don't really spend the time to explore your area. And I know obviously this doesn't, doesn't work across the board. There are certainly people that get out and do things, but I've noticed that as a trend moving around. Yeah. Yeah, because there's all places have like public areas, like parks, beaches, if you're living on the coast, free days at museums, you know, Mm -hmm. different things like that. And then there's always the library, too. I think people don't take advantage of the library. I think it's an underutilized resource, even if you're like just getting like if you're borrowing a book to figure out how to to learn how this new hobby that you want to take on to be more creative, it, things like mm-hmm. that. But they have all kinds of stuff. I know the library here, and this is like just a small military library, so it doesn't even have the same sort of things like a bigger library would, but they have a craft table that you can mm-hmm. go in and like use their – I think they've got like the die cut machines and like all kinds of stuff. You That's can go cool. In. Yeah. I don't think our library has that, but libraries oftentimes, if not across the board, have social events too. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to learn something, there's a possibility that it's offered at the library. So they have craft crafting classes mm-hmm. and different events that you can participate in. Um, I don't know what's available here now. Does your library have events like that? I know the library in town does. I don't think the library associated with the base does. If they do, it's all Mm -hmm. like really kid centric stuff. So I probably, it hasn't been on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I've seen things like that, like at holidays, there's, you know, on Halloween, it's pumpkin carving or decorating types of classes. But here just recently, there is a nature park that and nature trail that runs by the library. Mm -hmm. And I saw a sign that said, um, walk and learn types of Uh things that are run by the library. So they take walks in that park and 
I don't know what they're learning, but apparently there's some sort of topic and an instructor that will walk with you and teach you something. And it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So I think spending time in nature will help generate some creative juices. And it's also free to do that. Yes. That's one of my favorite things to do, taking a walk um, with my husband and just taking time to really admire nature I find Mm -hmm. really calming and really comforting and in addition to that um, to add in an element of art you can use natural resources that you find on your walks to create ephemeral art which basically means that it doesn't stay and I think this can really help for someone who is trying to be creative but doesn't really want to draw or paint or anything like that doesn't think that they have those traditional creative art making skills, you can create things from found objects and just arrange them in a way that is artistic or creative and you can just leave it. And I think it reduces some of the stress and anxiety that comes wrong along with creation. Yeah. So it'd be like drawing things in the sand. Yeah. Drawing things in the sand or the snow, or you're picking up leaves or rocks and you're stacking them or you're arranging them like a mandala or, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't even have to necessarily look like anything. It could be a pattern or it could be some abstract art, like you're just rearranging things. And like we've talked about, creativity is just connecting the dots or creating something from nothing Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So I think that can be a really nice addition to your nature walk. Yeah. Another way to kind of force yourself into creativity is like mandating restrictions on yourself. Like maybe you do have money to go out and buy X, Y, or Z, but you do like a self-imposed no spend month. So you do have to figure out how to repurpose things that you already have. If, you know, for the month of February, you're not going to Mm -hmm. spend anything. A lot of people pick February as a no spend month not only because, because it's, it's the shortest shorter. yeah but it's like right after Christmas and you're getting all your holiday uh, yeah. bills in and stuff like that so February that tends makes to sense. be yeah part of creativity is problem solving and mm-hmm. so I think imposing those limitations requires you to think outside of the box and do something that you wouldn't normally so mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea and I think you can do the same thing with technology really limit your technology. I think, I know I would have to install one of those apps that prevent you from getting on your phone during (laughs) certain times. Yeah. Um, I have that set for nighttime, like mm -hmm. the bedtime setting. So it's not going off in the middle of the night. Yeah, I have that set, but I think limiting your technology use at this point with as readily as accessible as technology is, I think would really help. Um, increase creativity because anytime we have a problem, oftentimes the first thing you reach for is your device and on Google searching the answer to some question or looking up a restaurant or looking up, you know, what is there to do in my area as opposed to just using your God-given brain to solve problems and to come up with solutions on your own. So I think that's one way technology has really limited us. Yeah. Or like ask other human beings. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a novel idea. Ask someone where X, Y, or Z is instead of just looking it up on your phone. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, because I think community um, can breed creativity too. I absolutely agree. That allows you to consider other people's perspectives and see things differently and collaborate with other people, which tech or not technology, but creativity has a way of uh, building momentum and other people and having a group mm-hmm. to work on a particular problem can really build the momentum around creativity. So that's yeah. really good. Good bit. Another thing that we could do to impose limitations is not driving, which this is an interesting one. And rather than driving, coming up with alternative ways to transport Mm -hmm. by using public transportation or walking or biking or skateboarding. Yeah, skateboarding. People actually use skateboards a lot around here to get around. I think skateboarding has become like much more popular because they have those different types of skateboards, the electronic things that have the big one wheel. Oh, right. And then there's, those are really popular around here. And then they have like regular skateboards that are electronic too. And they can go pretty fast. I saw someone using one at the park recently and he was decked out in safety gear. He had a helmet. He had uh, hand grippy things and Uh elbow pads. I mean, he was decked out and he was going so fast. (laughs) And I even saw blood on the sidewalk at one place and I, I'm pretty sure it's from him, but he, he didn't stop. He was really moving. So they can be dangerous, but I'm sure it, it increases creativity. Yeah. I mean, he really has to be in flow. I would think. I, I absolutely. Yeah. Can't get distracted on that thing. What else? So I think some other things people can do when it comes to being creative and like limited resources is doing like a group swaps for things. Like if you're part of a book club or something, you can swap books with the other people in the club. I know there are people that do this with board games. You know, like you get together and swap out board games that your family has played to death. And there's also this place in San Francisco. It's called Scrap. And what it is, is like a, almost like a warehouse of miscellaneous craft supplies. That's and so it, cool. It seems to work like a leave one, take one sort of situation. Like you bring your... <laughs> craft supplies that maybe you had extra left over, you're not going to use it. And then you kind of take what you need. It looks really cool. I would get lost in there for hours. There was a place like that in Tallahassee that, that worked like a thrift store for Mm -hmm. craft supplies. So it was specific to that and you could drop off and donate anything that you had. And it didn't even necessarily have to be craft supplies. It could just be like random objects, like buttons and things like that, Mm -hmm. that you tend to like accumulate, Mm -hmm. but you can use it and repurpose it for all different types of things. Um, But then you would purchase those things like a thrift store. Um, But everything was so cheap. It was so cool. I would go there very frequently to just get like random stuff. 
I think that maybe just like walking around in a place like that would help you generate some ideas. Definitely. Definitely. Sometimes it helps just to see what's available. And if you have a particular project that you're working on, it could be helpful to walk through a space like that to just see what your options are. Mm -hmm. So I agree. But if you don't have like a ton of friends or people at the ready for things like group swaps, there's also online groups that have that. Like on Facebook, they have free to local like Facebook pages that you can sign on to if you live in that area. And then you can look up, you know, a specific thing or you can just browse the page for what people are getting rid of. So you can find a bunch of free stuff that way. Yeah. I think it's time for our four cues. Okay. So our question this week is, what is your number one limited resource? What what would you say that was? Oh, you know what? I do have something I wanted to add with regard to this that we didn't, I think we touched on it, but mm-hmm. it's energy. Yeah. You like talked we talked about, about time and money. Okay. With energy. So yes. So my number one limited resource would be energy because I feel like I have the time. I don't do a lot. I don't have a lot of stuff that takes my attention outside of work. So I have the time, but usually when I have the time, I don't necessarily want to get started on something. So I think that is the biggest challenge for me. And like we had talked about, one of the ways to overcome that is by whatever it is that I want to accomplish, I will schedule it in and then come up with some very small thing that I can start with. And usually that helps me build momentum and I don't want to stop. So I'm able to work on creativity, whatever the creative endeavor is, by just taking it one step at a time, baby steps. Yeah. What about you? So my inclination is to say that time is my number one limited resource because I have a tendency to have a bunch of things going on and a bunch of things that I want to do. But I actually think I'm going to say my number one limited resource is just my own mindset, Mm. I think, because I, I think that I'm limited by the number of ideas that I can create for things to do. And I think the strategy that I'm going to use is t- setting aside time to brainstorm and actually coming up with more than just two or three ideas, like 10 ideas, 20 ideas right? That's for things idea. to do. And, and, and I don't even think it necessarily has to be creativity specific. I think just kind of getting into the habit of expanding my thoughts. Awesome. So listeners at home take some time to answer that question and uh, come up with strategies of your own that might work. So next up we have the quest. That is the quest. And that is, that is the quest. Employ one strategy this week to extend your limited resources. Nice. Do you have a quality creativity this week? 
Sure. So I have mentioned before my husband. He is from Colombia, and when we first met, he did not speak much English. So we had to come up with a lot of creative ways to communicate. We've been together now a couple years, so the communication has greatly, greatly improved. But in the beginning, it was pretty challenging because obviously you need to communicate with your partner. So whenever we first, first started, we used technology as a way to overcome that. And we used Google Translate to communicate and it works pretty well. Google Translate, if you're looking for an app for this particular thing, that one is pretty good because you can talk into it and the translator will then talk back in the chosen language. So English to Spanish and vice versa, we would communicate that way. And we really could not have a conversation without that in the beginning. But as he started to learn English, um, we didn't use it as frequently, but there were still more times than not where we could not communicate and that we did not understand each other. So what we would do is just naturally to communicate, we would act things out and find props to use that would help communicate what we needed, or we're making sound effects or pointing to things to communicate. And that seemed to work. So as he became more fluent in English, we would do that more and use translator less. And at this point, for the most part, we can communicate day to day. And it's pretty much only when we have really serious conversations and we need to make sure that we are understanding each other that we use translate. And at this point, I've also found that walks in nature can really help with communication. There's something about moving and walking side by side that really helps with communication, not just with seeing nature and nature being so calming, but also walking side by side, it feels like we're on the same page and we're not against each other as it would be if you're talking face to face directly. Right. I think there's something intimidating about looking at someone in the eyes when you're trying to have like a really intense conversation. Right. It's a little more confrontational and it feels like we're against each other as opposed to together with each other. So I found that to be really helpful and it's become something that we do pretty much daily or Mm -hmm. at least weekly. Um, But especially if there's a particular challenge or something that we need to get on the same page about, it's become a strategy that we use to communicate effectively. So it's been really cool. And I feel like this fits into limited resources because it's a limitation that we find as a couple. And because family and our relationship is something that's valuable and important, we've found ways to get creative and find solutions. Okay, so thanks for listening. That brings us to our quote for this week. Creativity involves breaking out of expected patterns in order to look at things in a different way. And that's by Edward DeBono. Thanks for listening and have a creative week.